welcome. Thanks for starting. It's the Media Boat Surprise. Podcast. Surprise. Surprise. It's us. Um, today is Ooh. August the 8th, 2018. This is episode 126? Uh, no, no, 136. We're 30s. Sorry, 136. Yes. Uh, it is, yeah, I already said the, the date. Uh, the Media Boat Podcast, if you're not familiar... Uh, the Media World Podcast is your source for news about movies, video games, music, and television. Not necessarily in that order. Oh, it's in some kind of order, some all right. Some people will be very happy. We have Shrek on the television right yeah, now. Yeah, we do. Academy Award winning. You know, you, know you know who I'm talking to. Uh, for those of you at home enjoying, um, you'll know that I'm staring into Shrek at the moment. Um, it's the Media Boat Podcast. Shrek it's about life. all those things and more. Well, uh, uh, my name is Matt. His name is Mike. I'm Mike. He's Matt. We are here to bring you all the latest news and yeah. stuff as soon as I can get this thing. We're on kind my of repeating phone ourselves over and over again right now. Oh, because we we're trying to get this. stuff started. But uh, oh, we normally get started this way. Have you not seen this episode? We've done like 130 something of these. Uh, yeah, it seems like it. This is uh, normal. <laughs> But yeah, uh, so this week we have a lot to get through, so uh, let's see uh, how fast we Not quite we can. a lot, but... You keep saying that. I keep saying but that, trust but... trust me. Oh, uh, we still go... Oh, there's a lot. Are you going to have a lot? Well, we have a couple, quite a few reviews to go through. Yeah, there's some thoughts, there's some uh, big news uh, later in the show, uh, so yeah, get ready. We start, though, in the world of movies, and we start movies with the weekend box office numbers. And what happened to be number one? Well, it's a rollover, guys. Uh, Get ready. So many uh, monkeys in the bed. They gotta roll over. Roll over. And you have Mission Impossible Fallout as your number one rollover uh, with, <laughs> with another $35 million. Um, getting its total up to 124 domestic. Okay. Christopher Robin is your number two movie, coming in Woo! close second at uh, $24.5 million. It's yeah. a $10 million difference. That's that for an opening. Yeah, that's not, not great. That's but not it's great. Not, but in a kind of slow week like this, that's fine. Yeah, it's also uh, Pooh Bear. You know, not Winnie one of the... Winnie the Pooh Bear? Winnie the, Winnie the Bear of Poohs. We'll talk about it a little bit here. Yeah, we'll, t- we'll come circle back to Christopher Robin, but yes... Uh, um, okay debut, but not the not the number one debut that you thought it was going to be. No, no, no. The Spy Who Dumps Me is your number three movie with a $12 million. Um, was that debut? Was that That's a debut. Week? Okay, I wasn't sure. Mamma Mia 2, number four, with another $9 million. Hey, um, uh, my, uh, uh, it was a couple of those tickets this weekend. Oh, you um, saw it? We talked about this. Oh, yes, we did. Um, we don't even talk about it again, though. <laughs> we already talked about it on the podcast, so... I don't, I don't say anything else about it. I, I enjoyed it. It's fun. It's campy yeah. fun. It's got a lot of great uh, musical numbers. Ridiculous moments. Mm-hmm. The stuff with Cher is just... I, I, I've said this a couple times now. It feels like she just walked onto set and just started talking. Not like improving, like on purpose. Not acting at all. Just like, no, I'm just going to say what I would naturally respond like in this conversation. It's like just Cher just, 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 just talking. That's just all that was. No script, just share being share. Yep. Like, share will say something, you respond with this. No matter what <laughs> share will say something. Because <laughs> the script just says, like, parentheses, share says a line here. <laughs> That'd be pretty great. Um, so, yeah. And then rounding out your top five, The Equalizer 2 with $8 million. 
Yes, Denzel's back at it. Still exists. Still exists. Uh, upcoming this weekend, before we talk about your thoughts here, let's get this done. This weekend, you have three new releases. You have Dog Days, which you uh, have here. 2018. Yes. To not, not be confused yes. with what other Dog Days? I meant to look this up, but I didn't. Okay. But it said 2018. So what's up with Dog Days? Is this um, is this a movie this where your, the, the somebody starts being a dog walker, like through that dog walker app, I think it's, and starts uh, taking... No, I'm literally guessing here. Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> I don't think about this. I, it's something to deal with dogs and a family film. Okay. That's about as far as I can get with that. I so want I it to be a movie about, about a dog walker. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, not Dogs Bounty Hunter going for a yes. walk. <laughs> no, 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 that would be a pretty good movie too. Yes. No, uh, the next movie in the list, The Meg. This is your Mega Shark movie. Yes, Mega Lodon. Yes, Shark starring Jason Statham. Jason Statham versus a shark. Yes, Jason Statham tries to punch a shark. Maybe is it still Shark Week? I think it's still Shark Week. Yeah. Is this Shark Week? I believe or is we're next in, week Shark. No, week? I believe we're in Shark. We're in, week. we're in the midst of Shark Week. Yes. Okay. Well, I don't know. I live every week like Shark Week, so it's hard for me to tell. Yeah. If they don't give a week <laughs> to me, why should I give a week to them? That's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and anything else? I think you're sharkest, sir. All right, and then uh, lastly, Le- I'm left sharkest. Lastly, I feel like this has already happened, but a movie about Slenderman. Uh, yes. Is this another different movie about Slenderman? No, I think this has already happened, right? No, no. What is this then? This is Slenderman the movie. Are you sure this hasn't happened? I believe this has not happened yet. <laughs> okay, I just assumed there was a documentary uh-huh. about. Like, like a mockumentary about, about Slenderman, Slender but this yeah. is like the official studio release of Slenderman. <laughs> you know, like five, seven years. I was after. gonna say, I feel like this is eight years too late. Yeah, after it came out. Yeah, this does not feel topical to me. Who cares about Slenderman anymore? Uh, Shark Week was two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Yes. <laughs> See, I just can't tell anymore. I don't know. Every week is Shark Week. Every week is Shark Week when you're afraid of sharks. <laughs> well, I'm not afraid of sharks. I mean, if I was, like, by a shark, I'd probably be a little anxious. Are you saying something you ain't afraid of no sharks? I ain't afraid of no sharks. I'm just, like, I understand that, like, they're only gonna eat you in, like, very specific circumstances. You know, like, being in the ocean? Well, invading their <laughs> space when they're trying to do something with their space... Or bleeding profusely, because then they think you're food. Yes, I always randomly bleed profusely. <laughs> it's happened, man. Like, somebody, like, cuts their foot on a rock or something on the ocean floor. Yes. All of a sudden, shark's nearby, and they're like, hey, what's this? There's actually this a new device dead seal out there that's, like all, a dead seal that, to me. that's like a band that repels yeah. sharks. Like, huh. it, was, it emits, like, either a smell or so a tonic. thing. Yeah, electromagnetic thing that literally repels sharks. Like, they'll get, okay. they'll get close, and then just automatically turn away. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I feel like people are afraid of sharks, kind of like people are afraid of bees, where it's like, nah, just don't get up in their business and get I'm fine. sorry, but there was a relevant film <laughs> called Jaws. <laughs> yeah, it's relevant. 1975, as relevant as ever. Yeah. 77. Yeah, 75. Oh, 75. Yeah. yeah. Star Wars was 77. Star Wars 77. All right, let's move on. We've been talking about sharks too long. Okay. Anything else coming out this week? That is it for this week's new releases, so some for everybody there. Okay. Uh, not really. Uh, last little <laughs> bit of uh, box yes. office news. Uh-huh. 
Black Panther. Yes. The little engine that could. Uh-huh. Officially yeah. crosses the $700 million domestic mark, Woo! making it only the third uh, film to do so. Cool. Um, this year. No, uh, ever. Ever? Ever. Ever. Really? Wow. $700 That's kind of shocking. Yes. The only other two are Avatar mm-hmm. and Star Wars, because of course it did. Uh, Force mm-hmm. Awakens, not. Yeah. Uh, not, 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 not. Last or, Jedi didn't quite. Not get Last there. Jedi or uh, Do Hope. Yeah. The, the new Star Wars. New Star Wars. Yes. Was there ever a Jaws-like movie about bees? Um. Yes, I, I believe it was called The Witcher, no. starring <laughs> Nicolas Cage. That movie's not about bees. The, in fact, that scene is not even in the actual <laughs> theatrical release of that movie. It's a deleted scene. <laughs> But it's amazing. And if you don't know what we're talking about, please do yourself a favor and Google Nicolas Cage Bees. You will not be disappointed. And you will not be disappointed. Uh, that being said, yes, I do oh remember God, a film bees. about bees. Uh, yeah, I don't know if there uh, if there hasn't been, though. We should write that. No, no, there has <laughs> been. Uh, it invaded a house uh-huh. and they had to burn it down. And like a guy had to... The specific scene I remember is the guy who had to get in the bathtub, okay. fill it with water, and using a straw, breathe, because bees wouldn't go in the water. The bees wouldn't go in the water. They don't go in the water. Yeah. Okay. I think, like, like then the dad comes in to rescue, and he sees, like, all these dead bees in the water <laughs> with his son, like, with a straw, a single straw. What the hell trying is this movie? To you need to find this movie. I don't, I don't understand what that is. That sounds amazing. Yeah, I'll, I'll find it. Find that movie. Yes. All right. Let's move on. Okay, uh, let's move on. So, you saw some movies. I saw some movies. Presumably. I mean, I never have to... I don't know this. I just assume you've always seen movies. <laughs> what did you see? Oh, this? I put them down there. Uh, they are. Yes, yeah. they are. Yes, they are. So you saw a couple movies. Uh, one, um, not on this chart, but... Uh, so you start with the one that is... So you saw Christopher Robin. I saw Christopher Robin. And right after they got out of the theater, I texted my mom. Yeah. Literally texted my mom saying, you have to see, you this, have to see this movie. You, you, Funny you, enough, she was actually on her way to go see it that afternoon. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, it's a good movie. It's okay. fun. It's very anti-capitalistic. And I'm Interesting. And I'm feeling that some media Wait, like, out there... how so? Is, like, Winnie the Pooh out, out like, expelling Marxist thought? What's going on here? Uh, kind of. <laughs> uh, <laughs> It's the yeah, I do have to see this movie. It's a Pooh Bear basically like do nothing becomes nothing to get somewhere. Or something like that. Like, is he criticizing the laziness of like big business owners? You, is that what's going on? No, no, not the laziness, but the overworking. Because oh. uh, Christopher Robin works for a suitcase company oh, got who it. wants okay. him to work the weekend instead of going on holiday with his family. Oh, and he doesn't. So, so Pooh is trying to say now he doesn't have life. He doesn't yes. have time to live his life. Yes. And there's a scene in there where uh, Chris Robin's like, like, this suitcase has my important things as he leaves the Hundred Acre Woods. And so Pooh Bear goes, well, we filled it with the important things. Aww. Being of... Like, like memorabilia from the no, memorabilia oh. from Hundred Acre Woods, like a weather vane, some acorns, poo sticks. Instead of you know <laughs> the papers he needs for the presentation. Yeah, get those poo sticks out of there. You know, yeah. you're just gonna stink up that briefcase. But yeah, the I could easily see like I don't know why like media hasn't jumped on this because it's very uh. much like that. But that being I, said, I think what you're describing is actually way more subtle than what I had in mind. Yeah, it probably is. Like, I was thinking, like, what, is, like, Winnie the Pooh going to start a union? Like, <laughs> No, it's Winnie the Pooh basically <laughs> telling Christopher Robin, like, 
You don't need to work that hard. What's important is your family, and it's okay to not conform to society standards it's, and it, <laughs> and have childhood thoughts and fantasies. I guess it's interesting. Play. It says a lot about where we're at with the discourse in 2018. Oh, yeah. That you think that such a simple thing is going to be controversial. Oh, it should be. Like, these seemed like universal things, themes to me. Oh, yeah. Like... You think that. <laughs> And, you then you, and then you look at the news and what's happening. But this hell world we live in. Who knows anymore? All bets are off. Yes. But yeah, it's a great movie. Definitely for the kids. Definitely go see it. It's a family fun, friendly uh, film. Um, definitely enjoy it. Go see it. It's fun. Okay. You also... Oh, what, me, oh so, so the media boat patented scale. You give this a see it? I just said, go see it. All it's right. fun. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to confirm... Oh, because you have to ask. We have to we have to apply science to this. Yes, we have to apply our <laughs> our critically based yes. criteria against this. We have to be legitimate, man. Um, yes, it's a yeah, it's a nice film. It's a fun film. Speaking you of legitimate, with it. you also saw what may be a legitimate contender in the award season at the end of this year, and I hope it is. All right, so tell me about eighth grade. It, so it was sucked around, for me. I was going to say it was around 2004 and it was probably it was uh, probably some, a dark time, right? We said some Green Day, some Evanescence, <laughs> some Linkin Park, how, how'd you do some in, AFI. How'd you do in pre-algebra? How was pre-algebra for you? Uh, I actually went to, to <laughs> Algebra 2. Oh, fancy. Alright. You were a smart mm. kid. I took two years of pre-algebra. <laughs> I took it in seventh grade. Didn't pass. Took an eighth grade. Passed. It's me and math, guys. Uh, no, sorry. Tell me about eighth grade of the is movie. It, is it new math? Yeah, it was no. It was old math. It was old status math. We didn't have new math when I was in eighth grade. You don't get okay. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh no. See. Okay. So the reason I made that that joke, I want to play the reference, is because Bo Burnham, director of eighth right, grade, right? Yes, eighth grade the movie. That's what eighth grade the movie about director now. Bo Burnham has a song called New Math. Oh, I had no idea. It's, I have no idea. And so let me preface by saying I like Bo Burnham as a comedian. Okay. As a writer. I've seen his stuff on Netflix. I had a CD of him before that. I watched stuff on YouTube like years ago. <laughs> God, years ago. Back when I was like in the... Like, eighth grade? Eighth grade. Weird. No, well, no, because YouTube <laughs> wasn't that out. In the eighth grade. Yeah, you were like a year or two out. Yeah. YouTube. So you mid-high trained, school. So yeah. Mid-high school, YouTube, Bo Burnham. <laughs> but yeah, so prefacing, I like Bo Burnham stuff, so I was excited to see this film. Hmm. I was even more excited to see that it was being critically praised by everyone, getting high scores on Rotten Tomatoes, and basically being one of these, like, you have to see it films. So my expectations were way up here. Easy to say going into it. Uh-huh. After seeing the film, it's right up here, yeah. Alright. It's, it's as good as everyone is saying it is. It's exactly what the feel of 8th grade is and I think it goes not just for my experiences but for a general consensus of everyone's experience that 8th grade is very awkward time because you have people discovering their bodies you have people trying to make friends trying to make everlasting friends upgrading upgrading uh, graduating <laughs> graduating into high school where you eventually like I believe find the term yourself. was promoting Promoting, I don't yeah. promote myself. That's what no, that's what we called it. Uh, it wasn't graduating. The, the eighth grade promotion. It was yes. It was that was what the ceremony was called. I believe mine was too. Yeah, it was the eighth grade promotion. Yeah, I believe you're right. They are for promotions. <laughs> so dumb. Anyways, 
but yeah. It's capitalistic society. It's awkward. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's eighth awkward. awkward. It's eighth grade is a weird time. I don't yes. know if it's as awkward as seventh grade. I feel like seventh grade is a little bit more awkward, but yeah, eighth grade yeah. is pretty still awkward. Still it it is, but especially since, you know, you have that sharp transition from eighth grade to high school yeah. where you... You go from the big fish in the small pond to immediately to the small fish in the biggest pond you've ever seen. Right. Up to that point. Right. It's, it's very intimidating. Especially if you have like an 800 person class uh-huh. in a 3200 school. Right. If there's thousands school. of people involved, yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, it's easy to feel like you're just going to get lost and like you're not doing what you thought you'd do or like your friends aren't your friends. Yeah. Because the premise of 8th grade is that it comes to the last week of 8th grade. Okay. And it goes through a, um, like one of this, the, um, scenes of the transition period where the middle schoolers go into high school mm-hmm. and like shadow a high schooler for a day and it's like yeah like everyone there is like so nice and so open and so like sure of themselves yeah compared to eighth grade where you're still being judged by everyone you feel like everyone's constantly judging you was it commencement i just, uh, yeah, it's a just commencement. got a, yeah. like maybe commencement was the word no 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 it's promotion it, i think they use promotion C- commencement is, commencement a, is a, a college thing yeah, maybe it's yeah, maybe that's the college one. I don't know. Yeah. They're they're all probably interchangeable. Right. But anyways. They all get the same thing across. But anyways, yes, yeah, so what's this movie specifically about? Uh specifically about uh the last days of eighth grade I mean, and like beyond that, like who's the character? Uh the main character? Yeah. Uh Elsie Fisher. Okay. Uh <laughs> she's uh funny enough thing when they cast the film. Everyone is in the exact grade that they're in. Oh, that's that's good. That's nice. So you have so actual age graders. appropriate. You don't have twenty somethings playing high schoolers. No, you have, you have Sorry, actual you have an actual eighth grade playing an someone grader. in eighth grade. That's good. And then uh, yeah, people in high school play actually playing high school. Okay, good. Yeah, um, and principals and teachers making youthful jokes. Yeah, you know, to be hip with the students and. It's cringy like that. Real yeah. quick, yeah. I have one question. So the only negative thing, uh, the only negative thing I've heard uh, partially brought up about this movie, and I don't think this person has seen the movie, and I haven't seen the movie, so I don't know. Okay. Uh, but maybe you can offer some insight here. Somebody pointed out that they weren't super thrilled about the fact that this story about a young woman was written and directed by a old man. Like, what, like is there... Does he treat the character, like, respectfully? Is there anything you think that would have been gained if this had been written uh, from a female perspective? Or do you think that it doesn't matter for the story being told? For the story being told, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't necessarily circle around her specifically being a girl in 8th grade? Or it does, does it? It does at a certain okay. point. Uh, but the way it's handled, I like what they did. Okay. And it's really, like in your face like this is what really happens this is how these things escalate and yeah i think that's the best way to put it is that it es- definitely escalates to a place where so you're saying it's you about a bigger picture thing yeah and so it's l- more general than it is as specific yes. this isn't ladybird is what you're saying this is not as specific of a story right it's not like we're specifically about this girl in this town and how she interacts with her friends it's about the more generic broad sense of yeah. Just anybody going through eighth grade has these kind of feelings of self doubt, self uh, like self preservation, and right. like hopes and dreams, which is funny because what this film does well is that 
it sets up to chapters because she does like these YouTube vlog style stuff where it does like beep 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 record. Mm-hmm. It kind of is an audio cue that I found really helpful. That's like okay, new chapter. Like this is what this is actually going to be about. This is what this is going to be about. This is what this is going to be about. And it's really helpful not only in terms of like the audience understanding where the story's going, but also just in seeing like things can change and people adopt new ideas, especially at a young age, that they're very susceptible to all this stuff yeah. rapidly changing at, at the same time. Hmm, okay. It's definitely a really good film. I hope it gets uh, some award recognition. Uh, most likely in the writing because, you know, studio films. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if this thing is... Uh, I mean, and this may be, like, one of my films at the end of the year. It's that good. Maybe. I mean, it is fairly early. I mean, it's crazy to say that we are over halfway through the year. But... Yeah. <laughs> and we'll get to uh, something surrounding this in just a second here. For for story here, uh, but yeah, it's a, we're not quite in award season yet. Whatever right. that may mean in the future, right? We're uh, not quite there so. yet, but this is definitely up there. Not just in terms of like quality and storytelling, but in just the overall feel that you're going into this film and you feel for these characters. You feel like you're in eighth grade with them. Everything is real. Nothing seems very superfluous or yeah. out of place. It's very much a matter-of-fact film, day-in-the-life style. Okay. And I really appreciated that. How does this confer... I mean, I hate to compare the two, but they are both kind of coming-of-age movies about young women, but how does this compare to something like Lady Bird? Even though that's a couple years beyond, or like a few years beyond this. Right. Uh, so, they're similar in the fact that they're both about young girls who are trying to find not only themselves, but trying to understand where their place is in society, or how they want to be perceived in society. But at the same time, this is more of, this has more of that awkwardness that Napoleon Dynamite kind of edged on. I, you're not the first person to compare it to Napoleon Dynamite. I had heard that before. Yeah. In fact, somebody was making the argument that this may be pretty divisive in the same way that Napoleon Dynamite was. Probably. Because you either gel to that kind of thing or you're repelled by it. Right. It's either you understand yeah. what it is that they're going for and what it is that they're trying to... Yeah. What Bill Burnham was trying to say or trying to convey. Because I know some people who are uncomfortable in awkward situations when they're in movies and TV shows. Yeah. Yeah, I know some people like that. Cringy kind of stuff does not work for everybody <laughs> but yeah that's interesting okay it, it's definitely a good film it does get to cringy parts yeah but everyone in the in the the, the scene is cringing with you right so it's not like you're cringy because like oh no please don't do that it's like you're doing that because they're doing that it's a <laughs> self-reflection okay ra- rather than a you know imposition Hey, well, uh, sounds interesting. Um, I may or may not see it. I don't know if I'm going to be able to see it before it gets out of theaters. Uh, because August, as you know, is very crowded for us. Yes. Uh, starting next weekend. So, <laughs> so yeah, we'll see. Yes. Uh, but, yeah, sounds it sounds sounds good. Sounds, it sounds quality. good. It sounds interesting. I mean, it's definitely a good film. Go see it if you can. It did right. get a wider release, so it should be in your local theater. But, yeah, definitely check it out. 
Right, cool. Well, um, let's uh, end that then. Uh, those are your uh, new movies, uh, our thoughts about your new movies this week. Now we go into talking about movie news, and we start with news that hit today that, oh man, do we need to talk about this. Okay, so... So briefly, I brought up award season. The nebulous cloud that surrounds the months of, what would you say, September to December? Uh, September is, yeah. September is the Emmys. So if you're a long... And then it goes to December, and then Oscars are like yeah. late February. If you're a long time uh, listener slash viewer to us here at the Media Boat Podcast, you know that we generally speak highly of award season and we get excited, especially for the Academy Awards. We like uh, things getting rewarded for their for their quality, and awards are a good way of doing that. It's a good, fun, stupid telecast that's huge and obnoxious, but fun in the way that it tries so hard to be earnest. The thing I love about the Academy Awards is that it, unlike a lot of award shows, up to this point has not made a whole lot of concessions to a main like to what the networks think that a mainstream audience is. They don't care about going long, they don't care about like putting the uh, ridiculous like stupid boring segments in there because they are trying to be earnest in awarding this f- film as art, cinema as a thing. Right. Like, as, as a higher thing. And yeah, obviously there's ways you can poke holes in that, and there's, there's some lies about that. There's not, that's not all true. Obviously, yes, movies are fun entertainment just as they are art, but, and the, the Academy Awards are kind of a weird, like, celebration of that thing. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I like them. I like them because they're earnest, even though it's stupid. Well, today might have been the death knoll for the Academy Awards as I knew them. The Academy announced today that they will be rolling out some changes to the structure of the awards. Uh, They will, first up, be hoping to streamline the broadcast of the the awards uh, to make sure it stays within a three-hour time frame. Yeah, that sounds long, but trust me, with 25 award categories, you need that time. <laughs> it's like, yeah, there's some stupid, yeah. like, intro stuff they do, and the occasional, like, let's look at this director for a little bit, or let's honor this person for a little bit. Or and the, the musical skits, numbers. The skit interstitials that they yeah. do. It's like, there, there's not a whole lot of that, though. Most of that time is just straight up. Here are some ads and here are some awards. Yeah, the ads take up a lot more space than you realize. But the, the but they but they're basically saying here that they want to prohibit the ceremony from going longer than three hours. And so what they're going to do, they have um, uh, floated the possibility of doing some of the awards. Yep, during commercial breaks. If this sounds familiar. That's because other similar uh, televised awards uh, broadcasts have been doing this for the last 10 years, probably plus, including the Grammys, which the vast majority of Grammys are not given away on stage. Mm-hmm. They are given away either on a different day or while well, no one's paying attention. Well, the Academy Awards already do this with the technical awards Technically being, true, yes. being presented two weeks prior mm-hmm. to the official Academy Awards. But those ceremony. are different, and they're not necessarily the ones that we've come to know. Right. This suggests, though, that some of the smaller awards, somebody on Twitter was suggesting the shorts 
might get shafted um, to the uh, the shorts, breaks. hair and makeup, yeah. and uh, editing. Sound, oh, sound editing, sound you can't mixing. Can't do editing. No, they'll take foreign film before For, editing. Probably. They'll take the shorts and they'll take foreign film. Yeah. It's just that sucks because like this is the first part of this that sucks. Like, oh yeah, both thing. shorts. That's right. There's two different types. Yeah, of there's shorts. two different shorts. And there's the, animated like, and there's live action. It's just one of the cool things about those being televised is that they do seem kind of small on paper, and I think it's cool that those creators get to be on stage too. Like, why not have? an exuberantly uh, like a talented and excited foreign director on on stage for his film on the same stage that freaking George Clooney gets an acting award like why not why can't we have both of those things right mm-hmm. and like I think that maybe marginalizing some of these smaller awards and kind of putting them off to the side does a disservice to that feeling of inclusivity that they've been trying to get at for the last few years it 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 very much pushes to the background the notion that anyone can come up right. here. Which brings us to the second and uh, probably most controversial change. Uh, they are pseudo-announcing a new category uh, that they have not named, nor have they given the criteria for, except for saying that it will award what they call, quote, popular entertainment, unquote. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> There's a lot to unpack here. Superfluous is the longest word I've heard Mike say in my four <laughs> years. <laughs> I was thinking that when you said it, too. I was like, wow, you used superfluous correctly. Good job. <laughs> but, <laughs> I used it right, too. <laughs> every once in a while. Uh, but, yeah, um, this thing confuses me. So yes. what this means, essentially, and I guess um, some news outlet, like, asked some questions to the Academy and the Academy did respond about this. They basically said that criteria for this award would be given at a later date. So they're still trying to nail down exactly what this awards. But the, the idea is, is that they want an award to award films that don't get represented on the Academy stage. A lot of people since like probably the last two decades at least, maybe longer, have said that there needs to be some sort of more inclusivity for genres that are ignored. Your action movies. So... Your comedy. Yes, but I want to say, like we had the Dark Knight rule, right. which expanded this to ten films. Yes. I want to claim that, dub this one the Get Out rule, where a lot of people Maybe. said that Get Out was the best film they saw last year, but didn't win. Yeah. There's, there's maybe an element of Get Out. I also see a lot of people on the internet saying, is this the Black Panther move? Right. Because that's a movie that's going to have a hard time getting traditionally nominated. So before I go too far, I want to I kind of put the dividing line here because this is the part right, that bugs right. me. Right, here, here's the line. Yeah, this is the part that bugs me. People, the critics of the awards basically are saying that they need to be more inclusive. And not that I'm not just saying genres, but yes, generally speaking, yeah. Action movies, com- a lot of comedies. A lot of comedies. Like your more broad comedies. Your family fair. Your mm-hmm. like things that are not like art house Oscar bait things, get ignored. Yeah, things that people actually go see, like without yeah. being told this is a good film. Right. Your Mamma Mia twos of the world, <laughs> for example, don't have a chance as the uh, Osc- with any of the categories that the Oscars currently have. Right. So. The Academy is trying to figure out what the cause of this problem is. 
And I think they're taking the wrong solution to it. Oh, they are. So it's like, there's one side, which is what they did with the 10 nominations thing, which I actually thought at the time was really smart, and I still think is really smart. Mm -hmm. What I don't think is smart is when they don't use all 10 slots like they did last year. Right. That pisses me off, because it's like, there are surely two other movies that you could have found out there that had enough votes. One other film, Like, yeah. why'd you cut it off? Yeah, why, why do nine like, and not ten? Why do... Yeah, or eight or not ten. It's like, it doesn't yeah. make any sense. Like, I like that idea. That's on this side of the line. That makes sense, because they realize that the problem is not the categories. The problem is the voters and what is deemed eligible by voting standards. It's your populace of the academy that's out there sending in ballots. Does it skew a certain way? Are people getting ignored because of the biases of this aging, generally speaking, white voting populace? Well, not only that, but when you look at like previous years at what won Best Picture, like Forrest Gump, Saving mm -hmm. Private Ryan, films that are considered classic films compared to what won last year, Moonlight. Moonlight won, no, 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 or um, Moonlight, or Moonlight won two years ago, or. Uh, Lady in the Water, or not Lady Shape in the Water. Shape of Water. Which are two, actually, pretty They're, progressive films to win Academy Award Best Picture. But, are they going to be rememberable? I mean, probably people, not. Actually, I think so. Yeah, but to are they the, be... People talk very glowing about those those two movies. Yeah. I think those are bad examples for the point you're trying to make. Um, I think the there are more forgettable Best Pictures that you could have brought up. Probably. Crash. Crash anyone? <laughs> Crash. Always the first one that gets brought up. Because it's the worst one. Yeah. It's like The King's Speech. Oh, uh, yeah. The King's Speech is like one that bugs me, too. It's uh, like, Shakespeare in Love. Yeah. Winning over freaking Saving Private Ryan, Ryan, right? Yeah. And so it's like stuff like that. And it's... Uh, so you... Like back to that line I was talking about. You have the other side of the line, which is the Academy not realizing what the actual problem is and making dumb choices like this. Mm-hmm. Creating a category for popular film does nothing to help anybody. It it, dumb, it basically puts you in the same category as like the MTV Awards. Yes, a lot of people on the internet have been making MTV Video Award I'm sure they have. jokes. Yes. Or MTV Movie Award jokes. Like, what's next? Uh, hottest on-screen kiss. And it's like, that makes sense because it's like, what are you... So, yeah, the two problems I have here is one... Uh, <laughs> the two problems I have here is one... Um, is who like who is happy mm -hmm. about this? And what I mean by that is the person who wins this, like the the movie that wins this, becomes an Oscar-winning film. Yes, but they also become oh, so we're not good enough to actually be nominated for the real best picture, right? And the people that are nominated for best like win best picture, then have the things like oh. We aren't pop like we weren't a popular film. We got this weird consolation prize. Right. It depends on which one you put more emphasis on. Yeah. Nobody is happy though. Like this makes nobody happy. Like they think that just being like giving an Oscar you, to freaking okay. a Marvel movie is going to somehow fix everybody, and that's not going to happen. All right. Why don't want to make me happy? Okay. I want to make you happy. Okay. Um, they drop this, but add a separate category. They still add a category, but not this one. They okay. add voiceover work. I mean, yes. Do lot, that. That's the other thing uh, that's been brought up a few times. Voice acting. Mm -hmm. it, our, voice actors are snubbed in, in these categories. Stunt people right. are snubbed. Choreography 
is snubbed. There's well, no, choreography is, uh, is, is a technical, is technical award. Okay, sorry. Uh, but, but hey, they could even move some of those to the... the, the, the I know they're trying to mm-hmm. make the, the broadcast shorter, but still, it's like... I don't know. None of this makes any sense to me. It just seems like they learned the wrong lesson and are trying to fix something that, like, that doesn't need to be fixed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that they really just need to either change the voting restrictions... Or open up Best Picture like it should be more. Open up the other categories more. Open up writing. I don't want to be that person to say do genre awards because they should not. No. I don't want them to do genre. It doesn't awards. have to be genre awards, but no. But you could open up the like open up the the, the the parameters. Well, here's the thing though. If you just they have ten slots. Yeah. Use them. clearly, like there's gonna be like two or three front runners. Use the other five yeah. of them to do the popular vote instead. It's like, I just don't understand why they went backwards. They did it. They yeah. did it successfully the first year they had ten. They had all mm-hmm. ten. Up. Up was able to got get Got a nod. There. Like, they've done it. They've done it correctly. I don't know why they keep, like, stumbling over little things like this. I don't know. It made me mad. The third thing that I left for third that they've changed uh, for the ceremony. I left for third because it's not something that will happen immediately. Right. They said in the year 2020 Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> they, will, I know, they will uh, move the ceremony up to February. It's traditionally mm-hmm. a March, March ceremony. This will be a Feb- early February. First weekend of February it sounds like. Uh, the reason why they're waiting until 2020 it sounds like is because they assume that this is going to change scheduling for all sorts of other things. Yeah. And so this way, for example, the Grammys might move because they're traditionally a February thing. Also, the Super Bowl is the beginning yes. of February thing. They can't do the Oscars on Super Bowl Sunday, of course. Right. So they have to coordinate with, of all things, the NFL now. Which the NFL will not move, so they'll right. have to do it the week after. Yeah, so... Or, yeah, because they're not going to compete. So there's Nobody competes with the so. NFL. So, Not even God. No, that's a, that's no, something for a different. No, day. I think God is is competing with the NFL by uh, uh, give, like giving all these all these players concussions. <laughs> but that's a different story. Ooh, that's a bad. That's a dark one. <laughs> that's a dark one. <laughs> all right. All so, right. Are, are you off your soapbox now? Uh, you done just, yelling at the academy? It's so freaking annoying. Like I get it, the the frustrating thing is like like I get why people are like oh well it's just a silly award show. But man, I love award shows, and they're such an institution to me, and I love them in all their schmaltzy stupidness. And so I feel like not only is this the, just the Academy not realizing what these things mean to the filmmakers, it's also not realizing what this thing means to the audiences who watch it. Well, here, I'll sum this up in a few, few words here. The Academy Awards are meant to represent art has film or film as art right if you put in the popular they should vote, at their best is yes. i think what we should say yeah if you put in a popular vote then the internet as we've seen time and time before can skew this thing in the most terrible of ways possible but i don't want it to get too much that like too much about that as, because no, i don't I, hey let me finish okay and so to preserve <laughs> like the academy's like superior judgment of films as they like to see it <laughs> they should not do this and let's leave it at that yeah but i also at the same time though it's like i don't want this to be about the the division between quote high art and low art unquote because i think in 2018 that's a silly argument 
I think everything is everything at this point. Like, All right. You can enjoy the same thing in, in like, this, it, to both of those things in the same package at this point. In fact, I prefer to. I think the best things are combinations of those things. Yeah. But, so I don't want it to be too much about, like, oh, they need to, like, have, like, uh, keep this sense of elitism. Because that's not great either. Well, that's why whenever I do my vote today, it's always, what film would I watch again? Yeah. And I always right. have two. Like, two different categories. The sequels and repeats or reboots, because there's a lot of them. Yeah. And then the original category, because yeah. there's a lot of them. I guess, to, to summarize what I'm trying to say is, I'm not saying popular films should not be recognized. I'm saying that creating a pop like a popular category and separating them from a literal category that's called best picture yeah. is the wrong way to do that. All right. It's sending the exact so, opposite. Message. So question from the fans. Okay. Question from the chat room. Question. All right. The real question is, what is the front runner for best picture so far? Uh, I don't think we can answer that yet. Really? I don't think it's come out. The front runner has yeah. already come out because it's a front runner. You think so? I don't think so. Why? What, what film do you think is the front runner? What I'm saying is I don't think the front runner has come out yet. Well, no. At this point in time, if the Oscars were to <laughs> be listed right now. Oh, you're saying if they did it now? Yes. Who's the front oh, runner to win? I um, This has been a long ass year. It has been because you mentioned Black Panther, which was in February. I mean, as we've had as Avengers. <laughs> yeah, I know. I can't believe that's been the same year. We've had I Eighth Grade. That was last had, year. Yeah, we've had Hereditary, which was. Yeah. Critically. We've had A Quiet Place. Yeah. There's a lot of... There's been a lot of stuff. Alright, that's just stuff I can think of off the top of my head yeah. right now. Well, what, I have a literal what's list. What's your answer list. to this? I'm curious. Uh, my, my answer? Yeah, what's what's your current best picture? Like, okay, like, for me personally, the film I would want to watch again is Avengers is Infinity Really? Okay. Yeah. I'd want to watch that one again. Out of every film that's come out, it's the one that's giving me the most fun out of the film <laughs> watching it, and the one that's Give me the most entertainment out of it. The one that I would and have paid to see again. You know. But like in terms of like Oscar winning best picture, which is something like completely separate criteria are going for. Yeah. Uh, I have seen quite a bit of independent films. It's not Mamma Mia too. No. <laughs> hmm. I don't know, it's some people's best picture. I, I want <laughs> I know it's not going to win. It's not going to be anywhere near it. But I want to say uh, the Mr. Rogers documentary. I, I could see that being nominated for documentary. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> won't you be my neighbor? Just because I walked out of that film with like such a positive and happy feeling yeah. that you don't really get in a lot of films. I think that one... I'd put that one as a front runner. Well, regardless, I think it's a little too early. Oh, yeah. And yeah, all of this is just... It's, it's a complicated man issue because... I feel like everybody's going to have different different opinions about exactly how they want this to shake out or how they think this should shake out and what the Oscars mean and like what they should mean. It's like yeah. it's got such a complicated maze. Yeah. So I also got to look at like how yeah. many films I've seen over the year so right. far. So I'm hitting like 40 <laughs> close to it. So yeah, we'll probably return to this uh, this story once the Academy actually All right. You done with your stuff so Fox, we got more movie news to go through is. here. I know, I'm just saying, like, we'll, we'll catch back into this once the Academy actually elaborates. Yeah. Because it'll be really interesting what the criteria for this will be. But, yeah. All right, so let's right. move on, then. All right, um, I think Matt's done talking about no. this. No, I, I probably have more. Okay, we have well, to move on. if you want to hear more <laughs> about Matt talking about the Academy Awards and his opinions, you can <laughs> donate to us at Patreon, and we'll Please. create an episode 
just for right. you about the Academy Awards, what we think, what should win, and everything leading up to it. Something like that. Yeah. But let's move on let's for move now. On. Um, first up. Hey, I'm trying to plug here. <laughs> trying. Uh, next in movie news, if you want a, uh, a way to see all those movies that we talked about that came out this year, one of those ways is Movie Pass. Yes, this is our weekly story about Movie Pass. Yes, because Movie Pass over the past month or so has been flailing around like a big Magikarp. Like a big fish out of water, exactly. Like a Magikarp. <laughs> like a Magikarp. Well, they've hit their first anniversary since lowering their price to nine ninety five. Do you remember that day? Yes. I remember that day. It was such a good day. It was I a weird immediately ass day. signed on. Nobody could figure out how to use the website. Nobody could figure out where the compatible movie theaters were. The website was broken. I bought ways. it immediately when yeah, I saw yeah, that, and I have abused that thing ever since. Well, guess what? I won't be able to abuse it anymore. That 995 status is moving down in value. It will now only uh, limit customers to three movies every month. Uh, this uh, is still the 995 tier. Mm-hmm. You will be given a, a, a five up to a five dollar discount to any additional movie tickets purchased, though, which is kind of nice. That new policy is in lieu of the other recently announced uh, changes to the app, as well as their stock dropping to a whole quarter per share. Yes, uh, this does include that they will be getting rid of surge pricing. Right. But they will still have the limited theater at limited uh, movie times yeah. available. They w- basically have the rights to tell you to what movies not to see. Yeah. Like they can turn off a movie if they want, as has been recently Shown. Yes. Uh, they're completely up at, to their discretion. I'm sure in the EULA that you all checked through really quickly, the I'm EULA. sure, uh, it's probably said something about how they have the right to yes. change that term anytime. Yep. And, and, they, and they have. They have been uh, changing those terms quite frequently the past month, which is why we keep on reporting it. So I'm curious, as a MoviePass user, do you think that 95 is still a good deal for what this is now? Um... For what I use it for, yes and no. So, the, ac- the reason I put that is because the aggregate data that MoviePass has collected states that for them, the average movie-going customer, basically 85% of their base, only sees about three movies a month. Mm-hmm. And I think that's true for most months, You know, not including the summer movie season where we have a new release literally every week, and sometimes multiple releases every week. Right. Three is a good number because, like, that's at one, least once a week almost. Yes, it's like, at least once a week. I can see why they would do that, but for me and the amount of films that I see, yeah. it's not hard. <laughs> You're <laughs> not the average user. Like, clearly, I saw two films this right. week. You're not the average I saw user. two films last week. That's already four. In, I've already used two. I already used four in the month of August already. So it's not ideal for me for it to be lowered um that being said even if i pay an additional fee of 9.95 for an additional three i feel like that would be overkill at the same time yeah pay for a second movie pass probably <laughs> be way too going too far you'd be crossing some sort of line there yeah uh but yeah so uh, so I, I can see why they would do it i think that it's a smart move for them that, yeah, yeah, three, even if they did once a week, four, like, I think that, or just, just 
screw, screw the number, just say once a week, resets at Thursday, so that way people can see the new releases on Thursday, that, it, like, Wednesday midnight, Thursday rollover, that it resets your weekly counter, that I think, yeah, that would work a lot better than just limiting you to three, because while we will be coming up in, in some non-busy months, like, once award season comes around, you want to see all ten films. Right. You won't be able to. You won't be this. able to with this. At least not, yeah, at least not this version. Who knows what it'll be when December comes around, though. If it will even still be around. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. Uh, yeah. All right. Let's move on uh, to a weirder story. Uh, do you like Minecraft? Like, as a concept? The video game, <laughs> Minecraft. Uh, no, but we did previously report how it was getting a film. Well... We have an update for said film. The Minecraft movie uh, currently kind of having some issues in development. Yeah, no, right say. Over at Warner Brothers. Uh, most recently, the director, Rob McElhenney, has dropped out and will no longer meet the May 2019 projected release date. In addition, Warner Brothers has tapped the writer-director duo of Aaron and Adam Nee to write a new script. Yeah. N-E-E. Uh, they are attached to direct... Uh, in case you're wondering uh, what else... Who are these on, people? What else that they've got going on? They're also the people directing the new... Um, the uh, upcoming Masters of the Universe film for Sony. So you got, uh, they're all over that He-Man. The He-Man, We-Man? Yep, they're all over that He-Man. So, uh, yeah, I mean, sure. I don't know enough about Minecraft to feel either way about this. Yeah, yeah. neither do I. It's just something that's like... They're... Yeah. I would say it's something for the kids, but I feel like the kids have even moved on to other things. Oh, yeah, they moved on to like, FNAF or whatever next. What? Five what's Nights at Freddy's. Oh, I was like, what's a FNAF? FNAF, Five Nights at Freddy's. Yeah. Or, like, Rocket League or Overwatch. Fortnite. Fortnite. That's the thing. Yeah. That they're all obsessed with. It's like, all the kids nowadays, they're doing, they're uh, shooting musicalies and they're playing Fortnite. Yep. And they're doing the floss. Does the backpack kid dance? Uh, the floss. That's the floss. <laughs> yeah, that was our, that uh. was our, my reaction too. <laughs> yes, no. somebody apparently t- t- said that that is called the floss because it's like you're flossing your legs because your hands are like your arms are like going like this. Doing going like what? Like this. On either side of you, yeah, like that, 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 yes, that, that plays well for a podcast. <laughs> it does. I was I was moving my arms <laughs> parallel to each other, and moving them past each other. And my moving legs. your hips, thrusting in and yes. out. Yes, I'm around. sitting, so uh, you can't really do the uh, full floss. Mm, but you can imagine, mm, imagine mm, me doing the floss mm, at the moment. Anyways, that's what the kids are doing. That's what the kids are up to. That's what the kids are up to. I don't know. <laughs> All right, let's move on. I don't know. Scra- scrap the Minecraft movie. Make it a floss movie. A floss movie. Yeah, a movie about backpack kid. Big give backpack kid a movie. Just, just turn it into a uh, separate Lego film. Yeah, that's all you have to do. Legos can't floss. They're not that articulated. They usually just have the arms go like this. They yeah, they, they would just go like this. They, they can't turn. Legos can't do the floss. They, no, just they, they just turn their head and go like this. Turn their head and go like this. <laughs> turn, their <laughs> turn, their head, turn their head. Turn their head. Legos can, however, <laughs> wear a backpack, so we're halfway there. Oh, Legos can't. There's a Lego backpack <laughs> yeah, attachment. Yeah, you, little, little thing. yeah but you gotta lift your head up to yeah, go onto it. Take the head off. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about, right. about mini figs. All right. Uh, moving on to our last story in movies. Uh, this is a fun one. 
Uh, so we kind of this is kind of a follow up of a recurring story. We talked about the last blockbusters in the U.S. Yes. Uh, before there were a handful in Alaska and one in Oregon, but the Alaska locations are now shut down. Yes, they're closing. They'll be closed. I think either at the end of this month or at the last month. Either, either way, they're officially being shut down. However, the one in Bend, Oregon, as of this moment, still exists. Yes, it is the last blockbuster standing. So, a, a filmmaker named Tyler Morden, Taylor Morden is using Kickstarter to fund and produce a documentary about the last blockbuster in Bend, Oregon, which at the end of this month will be the final blockbuster store in America and is already the last one renting videos actively. Mm -hmm. Among the perks for Kickstarter backers are real working blockbuster video membership cards to the store in Bend, uh, staff t-shirts, and the chance to actually go to Bend and spend a night working at Blockbuster. I'm not sure why you would want to win a contest to have a a minimum wage job that's winning a contest that is literally paying someone <laughs> to, work. to fly out to Bend, to Oregon work a day. to work being you paying someone else to work in a blockbuster for a day that's the worst <laughs> um, uh, Morton is looking to put together $20,000 for the film with 38 days to go in this Kickstarter attempt, the film is currently sitting at just over a grand. So, if that sounds like something you want to see, hop over to that Kickstarter. Otherwise, you can, otherwise we'll just slowly watch the last blockbuster die. die out. But yeah, no, the reason uh, more into the story of the documentary is that's going to go over like the history of blockbuster, like how it started yeah. and rise and fall. And oh man. And subsequent like betrayal of Netflix. <laughs> I want to see. Uh, I want to see them cover the blockbuster awards during that documentary. Do you remember the blockbuster awards? Uh, no, no, <laughs> the blockbuster streaming. Ugh, that was short lived. Yes. Or the whole fiasco about the quote no late fees. Unquote. Yes, no late fees. Ah. Uh. <laughs> I just remember... So many blockbuster memories. Do you have, what's your favorite blockbuster memory? Uh, the one where the blockbuster closed down and they replaced it with a Hollywood video. Aw, that's sad. They never, <laughs> repla- uh, they never uh, replaced our blockbuster. Our blockbuster was good until it shut down. It was always a blockbuster. And it became a pet store. It's a pet store now. Uh, but our, uh, my, my blockbuster memory that sticks in my head is at one point I had convinced my dad to let me rent a Game Boy Advance in 2001. <laughs> Uh, right after it came out, yeah. I rented a Game Boy Advance. I have no idea how much that cost. Right. I'm sure it was ridiculous, yeah. but I had it for a week. And I remember I played a lot of Super Mario Advance on that thing. Yeah. A lot of Toad screaming out of my little tinny GBA speaker. All right! So that nah, was terrible. <laughs> that game's terrible. Uh, but yeah, uh, that's, that's my, my blockbuster memory. Um... No, I don't... We never really had a blockbuster memory. Like said, ours was a Hollywood video. Yeah. But yeah, um, oh, I do have one memory of it though. Okay. We went to return a video game that we had rented. I believe it was, um, oh, it was Madden. Like one of the early like, Madden games we, yeah. we had rented. But then in my rush to return it, I accidentally put in the wrong disc. Oh no. And sent that back. Did you return your, your copy of like Kingdom Hearts? No, this was before. <laughs> That's PlayStation 1 era. Oh, wow. Okay. So I want to say it was my copy of 
either Tarzan or Bugs Life. Oh my god, I rented the N64 version of Tarzan all the time. And so I, re- so I <laughs> mistakenly oh, returned that and kept the copy of Madden. Oh my gosh, do you still have it? No, I don't yeah. have it, but that's like the one memory I do have that's of it. That's funny. That I was looking for it one day, like, oh, we still have this? Are we supposed to return it? And then going through all my games, like, well, what do we not have? Like, clearly yeah. everything fits in a disc here. The Tarzan game? Alright. Yeah. It's fine. I remember liking the, the, the surfing, the, the one-behind sections. Yeah, it was fine. It was okay. It was okay. Alright, let's move on. Alright, uh, did you see any other films? I did not see any movies, so we can move okay. out of the I, movie section. I will be seeing the Spike Lee joint. I mean, I saw it in Mommy, but I already talked about it. Yeah, I'll be seeing the Spike Lee joint Black Klansman okay. uh, on Saturday afternoon. All right. Um, yes, I had a very vicious argument with someone Ew. claiming that Spike Lee never made a film. Wait, he's never made a film? No, he makes joints. That, oh, that's a... It's a funny joke, but it's a dumber argument. It is. But Spike Lee's never made a film. Oh my god. There's no such thing as a Spike Lee film. It was really funny, though, in the stand-up that's inside like the one of those like, stand-up uh, cardboard things. Yeah. That's inside the theater over at the... Um, the Tustin Marketplace over here. That one of the quotes on the stand up for that film refers to it as a film. <laughs> and I, I made that joke walking past. It. I was like, "That's not true. It's a Spike Lee joint." Yeah, it is. Get it wrong. <laughs> Anyways, all right, that's dumb. Right. Let's uh, move on to something that's less dumb, which is television and the world of sports. Oh yeah, because sports aren't dumb, right? No, uh, but of course they are because the sport we are talking about first is NASCAR. <laughs> Alright, fine. And NASCAR's fine. I don't actually think it's dumb. It, I, I see why people would like it. Yes. Uh, I think I made you watch some NASCAR. Not I've seen some NASCAR now. Yeah. It's like, it's it's fine. I, I just don't get it, but that's okay. It's not for me. Uh, but, but what yeah. about NASCAR? What we happened this past weekend that had everyone so excited? We have a new winner, I guess, who has won his first race after finishing 26 times in the top five of races. Yes. Miss... Mr. Chase Elliott. Miss Chase Elliott. I was in the middle of saying his name. I had to double check because I almost said Chris Elliott. I was like, wait, Chris Elliott's a NASCAR driver now? No, Chris Elliott's someone else. (laughs) Chris Elliott's someone else completely. Um, So I had to look back down in the middle of my sentence because I said that. No, Chase Elliott. Yes, Chase Elliott. Not father of Abby Elliott. No. Uh, Chris Elliott. But no, Chase Elliott, uh, NASCAR driver, has won his first race. Uh, Woo. Congratulations, Chase. Yes, uh, finally clinching the top spot. Uh, he's held the lead at several other races, but like always manages to fuck it up somehow. So congratulations on actually winning your first race. He's like one of the youngest to win said race of NASCAR. But then again, when you win your first race, you're usually kind of young. But yeah, congratulations, uh, Chase Elliott. You will forever be remembered for that one time. Yep, that, that one, one time, time you won. You won. It's better than Danica Patrick, unfortunately. Uh, technically, that yeah. is better than Danica <laughs> She never won an Asgard race, right? No, I think she won, she won an IndyCar race. She won one IndyCar yeah. race, but never won a NASCAR race. So you're better than the retired Danica Patrick. Yeah, that's true. All right, let's move on. Uh, so then also in sports, it's preseason time for football. Yeah, it is. very soon here. Woo! NFL! NFL. So uh, this is your note to all you fantasy people out there. Start thinking about your draft. Yep. I got to put one together at work. Yeah. Or at least start asking around. 
but yeah, fantasy football is here. Um, preseason starts technically already started last week with the Hall of Fame game, but tomorrow we get to see the Giants play the Cleveland Browns, and we're sure to be a rip roaring preseason <laughs> yeah, I can't do it. Yeah, it's Giants yeah. versus Browns. Giants versus Browns. Wow. <laughs> no one that's a game where no one will be happy. Nobody wins that game. Nobody wins. <laughs> Except for Eli. Oh poor Ellie. Eli is coming. Oh not even Eli, because they got the new kid, Josh Allen. All right. Yeah. Oh no, 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 not Josh Allen. Saquon. They got Saquon Barkley, the running back. The the savior Saquon. Yeah, so it'll be very very and, interesting. And Paul, not Paul, future Hall of Famer, but Heisman Trophy winner. Yeah. Uh, Baker Mayfield. All oh, right, that guy. Yeah. Uh, pride of the combine, Baker Mayfield. Yes. Um, the 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 pride the the pride of the Ohio State. The Ohio State. Yes. So this will Play be really interesting. inside the. Team of Ohio. <laughs> yes, the Team of Ohio. Uh, um, not, not, not the bungholes. The other but ones. The other ones. The, the dirty, dirty browns. <laughs> All right, well. Um, but yeah, football is here. It's back. It's exciting. Um, if you're not excited, get out of here. Well, <laughs> I was just going to say, this will be an interesting preseason because this will be a very interesting season of the NFL to watch. There's a lot of stuff going on in the in the the, uh, the league right now, both around it and inside it. So it'll be really interesting to see what happens. Yes, uh, but speaking of inside keep the league, at least one eye open. and keeping that in in mind, um, that leads us right into our next story. Yes, it about does. people in sports talking about outside sports stuff. So yeah, this is a perfect segue. Um, we're talking again about. The man of the hour, LeBron James. Who, the I Laker guess, himself. The Laker himself. When he is not uh, busy uh, making entire schools for uh, children, he is apparently working on a documentary, specifically a docu-series that is going to air on Showtime in October. It's being billed as an inside look at the changing role of athletes in our fraught cultural and political environment through the lens of the National Basketball Association, in which he is a member. Uh, yes, I do believe he is employed by them. <laughs> I believe so. They're, he's on the payroll, I hear. It's uh, <laughs> um, a weird way to describe it, actually. He's on the payroll. He's on the payroll. They pay him. Um, uh, I, I, I was listening to a podcast, and they're talking about sitting courtside at, at a uh, Trailblazer game. Yeah. And they're and one of the basketball guys walks up to him and was like saying hi. Like, like just talked with him, like, oh, like, what do you do? Like, oh, like, I'm a comedian. Then he asked the basketball guy, what do you do? <laughs> <laughs> what do you do? Like, you're clearly there to watch That's him. Good. But, yeah. That's really good. Um, anyways, it, the, the docuseries is uh, called, and you guessed it, Shut Up and Dribble, uh, named after a comment that a newscaster had made. Speaking about LeBron James. Yes. Which newscatcher was that? I don't remember. Uh, luckily, I have it written down there. Uh, Laura Ingraham. Yes. Uh, had said that. Uh, Fox News correspondent, I believe. Yes. Uh, sounds right. That's uh, a good guess. That's a good guess, right? <laughs> <Fine>. <laughs> yes, Fox News correspondent Laura Ingraham. Uh, last year, I believe, uh, after... Is it last year or earlier this year? 
after the um, Golden State Warriors declined the invitation to right. the White House. Right, yes. And then President Trump said, well, I didn't invite you anyways. Yeah. Or I rescind the invitation. All that stupidity. Like, you can't rescind something they already said they're not going to. Right. Uh, but yeah, uh, but the uh, it will not just start there. We'll use that kind of as a jumping off point, though. But uh, the docu-series will address things as early as way back in the 1976 merger with the ABA. So, so expect a lot of uh, a deep dive into the cultural uh, uh, view from the perspective of being a basketball player over the decades. I see this kind of being very, very similar to the Defiant ones. Yeah. Where it's a deep dive into... Yeah. How influential the NBA has Except become. Way less of a weird uh, uh, like infomercial for beefs. <laughs> that was holy crap! That took a weird turn in the last episode. Of that yeah, episode. but anyways. <laughs> hey, have you heard about this thing called Apple Music? It's gonna change everything. <laughs> But that was expected because it opened with I know like the very first ten minutes of it was hey remember when Jay Z became a billionaire <laughs> right remember this weird YouTube or Vine or whatever the hell that was Tyrese yeah, Tyrese <laughs> you are special anyways uh, but yeah this actually sounds pretty cool uh, but we don't get Showtime so we'll never see this nope all right let's move on uh, this is where the the VPNs and the the R ratings comes to play. Yeah. Okay. Par. Uh, moving on right. to our next story. It's our weekly story about Star Wars. Well, it's about Disney. It's about Disney, but it's really about Star Wars. Disney is trying to clean up and get every single piece of the Star Wars puzzle that they could possibly get their hands on. Most recently, last week, we talked about how they're finally getting the uh, distribution rights for... Uh, Star Wars A New Hope, the 1977 original, uh, after the purchase of Fox and their entertainment assets. It was written in the contract of the original Star Wars that Fox had the rights to distributing that film in perpetuity. Well, there's another piece of Star Wars that they now want their grubby hands on, which is the rights to show the, the Star Wars films on cable networks. Currently... Well, not just cable networks, but... Streaming networks more specifically. Sure, yes. Well, basically all of the above. Yeah. Uh, so currently, the rights are with Turner, who has been uh, showing the films on its cable networks, which include TNT and TBS. And uh, they currently have a deal to stream them online as well until 2024. In 2016, uh, they paid, uh, Turner did, uh, paid $275 million for those movies, uh, specifically the ones... Uh, between 1977 and 2005, but with like an asterisk for later titles, which included they've been showing um, uh, Force Awakens, Force Awakens well. and I think they're also showing um, Rogue One. Yeah, I when when, when right. those come out. Yeah, I believe that is correct as yeah. well. So uh, Disney is trying to get, uh, I guess, this faster than 2024. They don't want yeah. it to last that long. This is probably a gambit. So when they launch their streaming service. They can have every Star Wars. Movie. Right. This uh, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Because people want Star Wars. People love Star Wars. Even I can though, also see them doing like an afternoon on Disney XD. Yeah. Just po- toss on Empire for a little bit. You know, I could see them doing that. They could just always just have their own Star Wars channel too. That's uh, true. Not only showing uh, the films, but uh, Star Wars Rebels. Spe- yeah. Uh, Star Wars specials uh, that they did in the past. Maybe. Uh, Star that Wars Christmas special that nobody wants to believe exists. <laughs> Um, 
uh, Star Wars Clone Wars. Clone Wars, yep. Now that's coming back. Yep. Uh, not to mention the $100 million produced <laughs> John Favreau uh, series that will take place in the Star that Wars too. universe. So yeah, there would be a reason why they wouldn't want it all. So uh, I guess we'll see if that happens. Um, yeah, so they, they made an initial offer. They clearly declined it because, you know, hold out while you can for more money. Uh, but yeah, uh, they're. I think eventually they'll cave. Yeah, probably. If they wave enough money in front of them. Yeah. <laughs> but I could also see them not. And then, like, when they do get the rights back, basically doing another big rolling blockout of yeah. saying, if you haven't subscribed yet, we now have Star Wars. We have all the Star Wars. Like, the old, like an additional like renewal, like, hey, remember, we have all this stuff, but now we have the exclusive Star Wars catalog of everything Star Wars, and that's a way for marketing to get around that, should they have to wait. I mean, Disney has enough money to throw at them, like basically saying, give me a number. Yeah. But that also will see, like, a, be a correlation of TV sales declining, cable declining, and if yeah. anyone picks them up. It's, yeah, it's weird. I wonder if they'll maybe resent the, the TV stuff and be like, you can keep the TV stuff until yeah. 2024. We don't care. We just want streaming rights. We just want streaming rights. rights. <laughs> that would be a surprise. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Another uh, thing that's uh, uh, changing hands, and has changed hands a few times, is the campy classic television show American Gladiators. I love me some American Gladiators. American Gladiators is ridiculous, and it always seems to come back every ten years. Yeah, has it been uh, ten years? It has, in fact. Uh, so, the classic show, with pits, which pits everyday people against buff, quote, athletes, unquote, <laughs> uh, through ups with stupid names. Yes. Uh, that's the, the, my favorite part about the American Gladiators. They always have Titan. stupid names. Like Titan and Atlas, Atlas. and Biff and... <laughs> And werewolf, werewolf and husky. Uh, yeah, I don't remember. But, dragon. Uh, it's dumb. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, they're always uh, going through obstacle course and beating each other with giant Q-tips and <laughs> rolling around in balls. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, a lot of that going on. Yeah. Um, uh, well, there's. Uh, it's been shopped around again by its owner MGM. Uh, John Ferraro, the producer of the original series, is involved alongside. Get this. Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. What? Who are expected to serve as executive producers. I could totally see this something that they got really high and one day. And, like, and, I can't remember this. And, what yeah, happened Seth, to this? Seth Rogen was like, oh, we should, we, we have so much money. Let's, let's buy American Gladiators. Yeah, you'd think that. But they're also producers on, like, yeah. serious stuff, like Preacher. It's true. So, for AMC. So it's hard to be like, oh, this is like a one-time thing that we just thought of. No, this could be something that, like... Also, I just found out just, just now, I cannot do a, uh, a Seth Rogen impression. <laughs> that was terrible. Well, yeah. <laughs> I was going to point it out. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I yeah, I can't... I can't... I can't get into the Seth... Nah, you... you the Seth Rogen voice. Can't do it. No, can't do it. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> To just think, if one of you are overweight and smoked so much weed, <laughs> I, I'm neither of those things. <laughs> Allegedly, allegedly, because uh, <laughs> so, you can yeah. do anything you want on a podcast. You can, well, um, at least on the air, not while we're streaming. Like but that. you can view us live <laughs> eight o'clock Wednesdays. Uh, for for those of you listening, I, I don't do any drugs. I, I don't. I, I definitely don't. Moving on. <laughs> 
Who knows who's listening? Dude, you don't have time. <laughs> Neither of us have time for any of that. Right, it is time for drugs. Uh, the show, in case you were wondering, I was right, was last revived in 2008. No, <laughs> good call. Ten years ago, with Hulk Hogan and Layla Ali hosting back in uh, the day. I don't think they're going to get uh, Hulk Hogan back. Yeah, I don't he, think he, 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 has, he has retirement money now. Yeah, he has. <laughs> Let's put it that way. <laughs> he has money for ripping people off, for suing people. Yeah. That's what he has. Anyways, let's move on. Uh, to our next story about something retro, the Brady Bunch. I love the Brady Bunch. I was actually watching that the other day. It just happened, it just yeah. happened to be on TV. I forget where I was watching it. Probably on, like, cozy TV or something. Probably. One of those, one of those du- decades? Was it on decades? I don't know. It was the one where Probably. Alice leaves. <laughs> okay. Uh, Alice leaves, and then the kids go to her in the diner that she's working at and basically say, we want you back as that, our housekeeper. That sounds like a plot. Yep. Well, uh, the iconic house from the series was recently for sale. And now the mysterious winner has been revealed as, well, the network HGTV. Not And not Lance Bass, as Lance people Bass. have been saying. I wish, right? Discovery CEO David Zaslav said, I'm excited to share that HGTV is the winning bidder, and it will restore the Brady Bunch home to its 1970s glory as only HGTV can. With asbestos and all. Well, the, yeah. The internet has been having so much fun with asbestos this week. It's the uh, best of the bestest. The asbestos. They're as doing best, as best as they can. As best as they can. There it is. The two-bedroom, three-bedroom, and 2,477 square feet home. Um, I wonder what the lot size of that one is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> fit the market has hit the market for the first time since 1973. That's when that's the last time it was up. Uh, Brady Band, the Brady Bunch, for your information, ran from September 1969, nice, to March 1974. <laughs> yep. Uh, so. There you go. Congratulations, HGTV. Can't wait to run your special on Building Brady Punch. Yeah. All right. Actually, that's what it should be called. Building, building Brady, Brady Bunch. Bunch. That's not bad. BBB. <laughs> yeah, Building Brady Bunch. How they triple restore B. the house. Get Guy Fieri on it. Go, Triple B. Triple B. Triple B. All right. No, uh, no. Just get Guy Fieri to host it. <laughs> why not, right? It's like, I was a super fan of the show. We put donkey sauce in all these rooms yep, now. Yeah, take, take this, these, the, the Brady Bunch to Flavor Town. <laughs> Alright, let's move on. Uh, do we have any thoughts about television we watched? Actually, yes news. we do. So you just started watching something. Uh, yes, two things. Mm-hmm. Uh, first off, still watching My Hero Academia uh, in the second season. It's really good. Definitely pick it up if you can, if you can watch that. Pick it up. Physically pick it up. Even Physically though it's on pick it up on the streaming site. <laughs> um, secondly, um, the Netflix show Last Chance You is back. Last Chance Me? Yes. Oh. Last chance, you okay. and you and you and you and you the you <laughs> the you, no, not the, the you, you. That's different. No, yeah. No. Last chance, you. Yes. Uh, the on... show about uh, football at a community, community college. College. Yes, where okay. where student athletes have one last chance to get a scholarship to a Division One school and hopefully make it to the NFL one day. Yeah. Um, for the most part, like people, like the athletes who've been on the show, haven't really done a whole lot. <laughs> Post yeah. it, because uh, as what you would expect when you have like young delinquents who have already blown their sh- shot 
and are given a second chance. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so this is a new season. Uh, this is season three. They decided to switch it up, go to a different town. So we have new school, new coach, new players, and a new um, strategy about going about this. Because before uh, they tackle, they literally tackled this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they tackled it by by targeting the best um, college in. Uh, in the league, not not college, but uh, community college in the league, and basically said like, "Hey, this is like the best. This is where everyone goes to uh, to be noticed because they win everything. They win championships." This time around, they went to one of the worst schools, and how these kids are still like trying to live out their success of one day playing uh, for a Division One, getting scholarships, getting yeah. noticed, and all that. It's definitely a different take. Especially when you have the first game, they got blown out, um, fifty-six to twelve. So it's uh, quite a different shakeup. Interesting to see where they go with it. Uh, definitely keep watching, especially for the season. Uh, all episodes are currently streaming, so check that out um, if you if you want to if you can. Okay. Let's saw a second show. Okay. Wait, I think we're to three now. Oh yeah, we're up to three. <laughs> So, we have the return of Hard Knocks. As I said, right. the NFL is back in season. And this time, we're going to Cleveland. The Browns. Ew. Baker Mayfield. <laughs> taking the Browns to the Super Bowl. Taking the Browns to the Super Bowl. My favorite euphemism for taking a shit. <laughs> taking the Browns to the Super Bowl. Taking the Browns to the Super Bowl. Because it's never going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> no. But yeah, uh, we got the Browns this season doing the Hard Knocks training camp. Uh, it's going to be a fun, wild ride because we have Baker Mayfield squaring off against Tyrod Taylor, who I just realized uh, while watching it is, one, turning 29 this year. Oh, God. And thus has been in the league for nine years. Oh, my God. Yeah. He's been in the league for nine years. That's insane. Um He's been at the Buffalo Bills, uh, I think, since. And now it's like, uh... I forgot he was still a player. He's actually still pretty good. Um, but the Browns still do suck. Uh, they do have... Um, <laughs> they have nobody on defense that I care about. But they do have one of the top receivers, Jarvis Landry, uh, who is insane in not only his workouts that they show, but the fact that, for some reason, I think it's just because it's in practice, he openly tries to catch each ball thrown his way with one hand. And it succeeds like 85% of the time. Oh, okay. It's risky. You'd think it's risky, but he just makes it look so easy and so <laughs> natural and automatic that it's like, dang, he is argue, could arguably be one of the best receivers in the game right now. Wow. Based on ability. You know, and like stats, I guess. But who cares about those? I got, you gotta have the feeling... To, to play in the Browns organization. No one looks at stats. Everyone looks at their gut feeling. But yeah, uh, Hard Knocks is back. HBO. Also, Ballers is returning soon. Uh, they keep running ads for that. Uh, and I'll be watching that when it comes out. Alright. Uh, you been watching TV? Nope. Nope. TV's still out, technically. <laughs> TV's still out. Even Jeopardy's in repeats right now, so it's the extra dead zone for yeah. us. We have nothing. So yep. that's why you have to find all this stuff. Why do you think I've been going to the movies? <laughs> all these streaming shows. However, uh, that won't be the case for uh, for too long because 
We are just a couple weeks out from uh, Disenchantment, the new uh, Matt Groening mm-hmm. uh, animated film, animated series, sorry, on Netflix. Uh, I've heard very, very positive early buzz. I've heard very good things about it, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are liking it, too. Yeah. What Futurama did for the sci-fi genre. Right. What this enchantment will be to the fantasy genre. Yeah, I'm very much looking forward to that thing to premiere. I think it's about a weekend so out. I've only seen one negative review, and uh-huh. that was just basically saying that it's not like every other animated Netflix show. Well, I don't expect it to be. So I don't expect it, it to be, because it's Mac Raining, who's right. not on Netflix. So yeah, I'm excited for that, but until then, I probably don't have anything to, to watch, so... Looking forward to it. All right, let's move on then um, out of uh, television thoughts into cancellations cancellations and renewals. Uh, First up, the Amazon series based on the dangerous book for boys called The Dangerous Book for Boys, canceled after one season. That's a dangerous book for boys. Too dangerous, apparently. Fargo on FX will get a fourth season because of course it will. Um, And this time, uh, Chris Rock uh, will be involved. That Chris Rock. That Chris Rock. Is there another Chris Rock? I don't know. But they're also going to move up the timeline to, I think, the 1960s, 50s, 60s, I think. Oh, okay. That's yeah. different. All right. Interesting. Okay. Uh, moving on. A feud on FX. Uh, so, technically, uh, it has been technically canceled. That being said, after the upcoming second season. Uh, that being said, though, FX has said it may return with a different story. No, no, the upcoming second season has oh. been canceled. Oh, I see. But it, they might... But it might not be. They might do a second season with a different story. Yes. It's just, you will not see a continuation of the story told in the first in the first. Uh, that, that was expected. They were right. expected to do a yeah. different uh, storyline. Uh, it was going to be Princess Diana and Prince Charles, I believe. Oh, right. But apparently... Either the not the material, or, you know, it's kind of a touchy subject still. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, so, yeah, that will not happen. But, hey, who knows? The feud label might come back with something else. Yeah. Um, American Horror Story, also on FX, will get a 10th season. Oh. Holy crap, that's a lot of American Horror Story. It is, especially when you consider that the latest American Horror Story is titled... Revelation? Anarchy? Finale? Annihilation. Annihilation. It's Annihilation. Yeah, so some like big brand like finale word, but yeah, it's Annihilation. Well, there'll be more, so get ready for more horror in America. Oh wait, and also American Horror Story. And also American Horror Story. (laughs) Uh, You'll also be getting another, yet another new Star Trek series. This time, though, uh, the internet's favorite, uh, Patrick Stewart, will be reprising his role. Sir Patrick Patrick Stewart. Stewart. My bad. Will be reprising his role as Captain Jean Luc Picard, um, in character as an I guess older version of that character. I guess he has to be older. Yeah, I guess so. We're not gonna CG him up. Yeah. So no, it's gonna be old ass Picard doing something. I'm interested to see what that. I, I'm sure he survived his stint as Picard and didn't like die in the last episode. I wouldn't know, but I'm sure that happened. <laughs> Interesting. So we'll see how that works out. Uh, the Chris Gethard show has been canceled after three seasons on True TV. Uh, yes, that's three seasons on True TV, yep. but like seven seasons in total for him on television. Yeah, so so uh, we'll just show. wait until he gets uh, another show. He'll get at some a point. deal somewhere. Uh, yes. Have you ever watched any of his shows? I have seen portions of it. It seems fun. It seems crazy and chaotic. 
Okay. Yeah. Um, I like the guy. He seems to be uh, running the same circles with a lot of uh, bands and artists that I follow. So a lot of bands that I like have been guests on his show. Um, so yeah, he seems like a cool guy. Okay. All right. Uh, moving on from cancellations and renewals into deaths. We have two deaths this week. Charlotte Ray, age 92, who is an actress in The Facts of Life, Different Strokes, and 101 Dalmatians. Uh, the, I think that's the series, not animated series. Oh, that's, got it. Yeah. We also have Neil Argo, age 71, an American composer who uh, wrote for things like Wild America and Mission Impossible. Uh, yeah, that, that iconic theme. There you go. All right, moving on, speaking of themes, to music. To music. To music. That's our next section. All right. Music to the billboard. To the so billboard So who is on chart. top of the billboard? Yep, we always start music with the billboard charts. And the first uh, the first up is the Hot 100, which is your singles chart. Your number one single in the country is still In My Feelings by Drake. Uh, that's the fourth week at number one. So <laughs> Still Drake at the top. Still Drake at the top. Number two, yeah. I Like It by Cardi B. Number three, Fifi by 6-9. Four, Girls Like You, Maroon 5. And five, No Brainer by DJ Khaled featuring someone. I don't know, a cutoff. Oh, he got another one. <laughs> he has another DJ one. Got another, DJ Khaled got another one. Moving on to the Billboard 200, which is your album chart. Your number one album in the country is still Scorpion by Drake. It's fifth week, number one. Yeah, it's going to be out there for a number while. Number two, though, debuting at number two, your man Kenny Chesney. Yay, Kenny Chesney. Songs for the Saints. Songs for the Saints is your number two record. Yeah, Number three is Beer Bongs and Bentleys by Post Malone. Uh, number four is Goodbye and Good Something by Juice World, And number five, Invasions of Privacy by Cardi B still is on your top five. And that's your Billboard Charts. Moving on to new releases for this weekend. All right. Who we got coming up? What can I listen to? Because I was disappointed yeah, last, last week. week. Well, this week you will be disappointed again. Oh, no. First up, Rituals by Def Havana. It's Pink Sky by Golden Drag. Timeless by Il Devo. All you moms are probably really excited about that one. <laughs> um, Jake Shears by Jake Shears. Uh, no... That's K-N-O-W by Jason Mraz, uh, Living Fedora. Oh, yes. Jason Mraz. Uh, Jason Mraz is also doing like a special theater uh, thing where he's going like, to live stream the album. Uh-huh. Uh, so you can do that in a theater if you're a big Jason Mraz fan. Otherwise, <laughs> that's a waste of a theater. You can say if you're a fan of sentient fedoras, there you go. Uh, Paul- <laughs> sentient fedoras. <laughs> sentient fedora, Jason Mraz. Uh, Politics of Living by Co. Coadaline, Queen by Nicki Minaj, although that may or may not actually come out. Uh, she had said previously there was a chance that it will be uh, delayed. Oh, Nicki Minaj. Nicki Minaj's record. So we'll see if Queen actually comes out. Uh, Shooter by Shooter Jennings. Uh, Baby Grand uh, by or uh, by the Love Language. Uh, Healing Tide by the War and Treaty, and lastly, At Weddings by Tom Berlin. I got none of that. Not Tom Berlin. Tom Berlin. Tom Berlin. Just one name? Not Tom Berlin. Okay. Not a person named Tom Berlin. Alright, that's it for now. I know there's a band called Anne Berlin. There is. Uh, unrelated. Unrelated? <laughs> yeah, unrelated. Uh, let's move on to music news. First up, we tend to always have stories about Dave Grohl. And here's another story. Hey, Dave Grohl's awesome. Dave Grohl. Dave Grohl's awesome. He's always doing stuff. He's announced a new solo project. You know, he's not being a dad or anything. Yeah. 
something. <laughs> no, I'm sure he is. I'm sure he's a great I'm dad. Sure a I'm great not bashing dad. Dave Grohl's dad. Yeah, he's an awesome dad. He's announced a new solo project called Play. It will include a 23-minute long song and a two-part mini-documentary. That 23-minute song, by the way, will have Grohl play seven different instruments on the same track. He collaborated with Mark Monroe, uh, who he collaborated previously with um, the Foo Fighters album Sonic Highways, to produce the project and, quote, just like any kid, the reward is just to play. That's yeah. super cheesy, Dave. It is. But he's also a dad, so it's like a dad joke. <laughs> Play will be released to streaming services on August 10th with a limited vinyl on September, t- September 28th. Am I the only one old enough or who cared about uh, cares enough to remember that there was a, a another album also called Play that was also similarly uh, designed around Let's Play a Bunch of Instruments and Let's Focus on That? Guess that artist. Artist? Yes. Oh, I was gonna say another famous guitarist. Oh, I don't know. I was gonna say the of sounds... the country genre. I don't know. You let me finish. You said cut me off. Hey. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because I was saying like play sounds like something like Weezer would come up no. with. So no, then I don't. It was a um. Oh, what's his name? Uh, give me some details. The dude. Give me, give me some details. Why am I playing? Got his name. I told you to be quiet. You immediately forgot his name. <laughs> you were so building up to it. Like, I, uh, I got you I here. And then I paused you. And you're like, I don't know where to go now. <laughs> Where's the dude? He's that country dude. There's so many country dudes. <laughs> it's like on the tip of my tongue. Describe him. What has he done? That, that butt on the tire song. Keep going. <laughs> He does that. He did the music video with William Shatner. <laughs> He's goofy. That's his thing. Luke Bryan. No. <laughs> Older than that, like like before that. Um. He had that song about alcohol. They all have songs about alcohol. <laughs> Very specific on the country. <laughs> Very country specific yeah, there. that guy's name? <laughs> Is he married? Yes. To who? I don't know. Garth Brooks. It's not Garth Brooks. Blake Shelton. No, it's not Blake Shelton. It's the other dude. Clint Black. No, he's like... He's silly. It's his thing. He's like a goofball. Chris Young. No. Chris something. <laughs> Alan Jackson. No. It was so. So there's that one song that's a collaboration with Keith Urban, off this record. What? What the hell is his name? I remember Keith Urban's name, but I don't remember this guy's name. Keith Urban. No. All right, I gotta move on. It'll come to you me. You gotta move on. It'll come to me later. All right. Goofy country. Yeah, yes. I don't know what that means. Dude, who's a goofball? I don't know. Uh, next up, uh, a little bit of an older band. This time, the Pixies. They've announced a new box set celebrating the 30th anniversary of their debut album, 30 years ago. Uh, wow, band as old as I am. Who formed in 1986 released their debut LP, Surfer Rosa, in 1988. The year before that, they put out a uh, mini LP called Come On Pilgrim that featured songs from their demo tape. Now, both records will be released, uh, re-released under the title Come On Pilgrim, Surfer Rosa to mark the anniversary. The box set will also include the Live from the Fallout Shelter recording that was originally broadcast on WJUL-FM radio station 
1986. All of this will be released on September 28th. Are you a Pixies fan? I like some of the Pixies songs. Um, I think lately uh, they haven't been releasing that great of stuff. Uh, but yeah, the, those albums are classics. So, uh, yes. This okay. makes sense to re-release them in a big 30th anniversary package. So if you were to ask me who's in the Pixies, I would not have guessed three guys. Yes. Um, and a lady. Yes. Guys and a lady. Yes. I would have said that the girls obviously outnumber the guys, and it's called nope. the Pixies. Nope. 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 Nope, that's not the case here. No, however, uh, uh, the, the women are the best part of the Pixies. You mean the lady? Well, there's two, I believe. There's but, two? Uh, but yeah, uh, one of them is uh, uh, Kim Deal, uh, who also... Um, leader. Recorded... No. Uh, Kim's confused. Yeah, that's, right. um, <laughs> that's Kim Gordon. No, yeah, that's no. She's in the song Keith. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you're getting really confused now. Uh, that's Kim Basinger. That's an actress. Uh, uh, all right, yeah, that, that, that's Kim, Kim, Kim Deal is in the Pixies, and then she and her sister uh, Kelly Kim Kardashian. Uh, are in the Breeders. Uh, anyways, yeah, that's Kim Kardashian. Anyway, so yeah, uh, no, it's a different Kim completely. That's Kim Jong Un. <laughs> so let's move on to another band, ACDC. Uh, they may or may not have reunited with their old vocalist, uh, Brian Johnson, after pic- pictures... Wait a minute. What? Uh, yes, that's possible. After pictures of the band's members at a Canadian recording studio have recently surfaced online. There's photographic proof of not only Phil Rudd in Vancouver, but also departed vocalist Brian Johnson as well, raising questions about both musicians' current roles in the band. So they're using the same studio that they used to record their last two albums. Okay. And that's why everyone's saying that, well, then they're probably recording something else. It makes sense. It's speculation. But it's kind of like, yeah, there's precedent for this too. Yeah. Um, I could definitely see it happening. It's been a couple, four years since they put out the last album. Uh, yeah, just about. About four years now? That sounds right. Yeah. So, they, I mean... Could happen. It could happen. Not, not putting any money on it, but definitely could happen. We could see an ACDC reunion. Yeah, could happen. All right, moving on. Uh, lastly, a little uh, story about what current recording artists make. So this is the uh, technical side of, yes. of the music industry. So Everyone's got to get paid. Recording artists, the people who actually perform and record music, have received just 12% of the $43 billion that the entire music industry has generated in 2017, according to a Citigroup report. Consumer spending on music, that being said, generated an all-time high of more than $20 billion last year, but music businesses, including labels and publishers, took almost $10 billion of that amount, while artists received just 5.1. The bulk of that uh, come from their own tours. So, obviously this points out what we all kind of figured what was happening. A giant discrepancy in what is uh, artists themselves are being paid and the labels themselves are being paid. Yeah, they're only getting about 12% of sales or of the music industry, which is technically up from 2010 when it was 7% of sales. So while it is a step in the right direction... It's still a very limited amount for essentially the creators. Yeah. Or at least the performers who put their their faces out there. Also important to note here that when I say labels, I'm talking about the big ones, the big three of them. 
I'm not talking about smaller labels. Right, or independent labels. Yeah. No, you're talking about Atlantic. You're talking about um, Sony. Sony and Universal. Yep, those are the big ones. So, yeah. See, I pay attention. I know music labels. No music Yeah, yeah, the big I, ones. Yes, yes, there's only three of them that you pay attention to. <laughs> All right, so that will uh, do it for music news. Did you listen to anything this week? Uh, anything new? Yeah. No, no, because, like I said, yeah, uh, I was disappointed with the new releases. There was a whole lot of new singles out either, so... I went to a show. Oh, yes. You saw Hopalong. I saw Hopalong uh, in you, Phoenix. You've been talking, uh, so I know that you like Hopalong. You've yes. talked to them about them before. It's true. Uh, but yeah, I, I went. Uh, it's not really. This is not really the venue to talk about it. It was fun. Uh, what but, do you mean? This is your platform to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, I know, but not for our audience. Um, <laughs> I, I know my audience. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, it's it was fun. Uh, but the most weird thing that that correlates with this show is that Nick Kroll was there. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, Rick Kroll was, uh, Nick Kroll J- was Jason there. Jason Dukas. Uh, and yeah, and that guy. Yeah, the, the crazy guy in, yeah. in Brooklyn Nine. I don't know why they were there, LA. but apparently they were there. Yeah. I don't know. It's LA. Weird stuff happens. Moving on. Uh, so that that's really the weird. That's really all you have to say about that's that. That's really concert. all I have to say. It was fun, uh, <laughs> but that's the only thing that just pertains to this podcast subject uh, matter. Moving on. All right. Uh, to um, out of music into video games. We've got a big video game segment coming up. All right. What are your new releases? What are the new releases this week? Guess what? It's football time. It's It's football time. Madden nineteen. NFL. NFL. Uh, What up? I heard that two things about Madden nineteen that make me think that we should probably red box this for at least a couple days. Okay. Uh, First of all, the story mode does indeed continue where the first game story, uh, last game story mode left off. Yes, it does. And second of all. so there are some confusing celebrity cameos from what I uh, what I heard. Really? They didn't say who, but all they said was confusing, which makes me really curious about who's in this game. Well, Dan Marino was in the last Dan Marino one. was in the last game, but it seemed like the way that they were saying it was not a football celebrity. <laughs> so I'm really interested in to see what happens there. Okay. Uh, so if you don't want to play Madden 19, well, the final release of Dead Cells is finally out. People are going crazy about this thing. Apparently, it's really good. And we'll talk a little bit about that later. <laughs> yep. Uh, that so that will be on your PlayStation Four, uh, your Xbox One, and also your Switch. You don't have a Switch version on here yet. No. But it is also on Switch this yes. week. Super Blackjack Battle Two Turbo: The Card Warriors. <laughs> uh, that'll be on Switch this week. I just like that name. That sounds awesome. <laughs> that sounds like a cool. I want to play Turbo Blackjack. Yeah, it sounds like a cool game. Okami HD will hit Switch. And we happy few. Uh, we'll not not we TV as a Nintendo, but we as in the formal we. This thing also something that's a, uh, been uh, uh, in the cooker for a while. It was released uh, in a, um, uh, a beta. beta kind of form, and people didn't really think that highly of it. They took it back, uh, reworked a lot of it, yeah. and made it kind of a more streamlined adventure game. And that's the current release. So we'll see how people react to that. Moving on. Out of new releases and into video game news. First up, we have an update for something that you loved, God of War. It's something that's been I've been meaning to go back to, and yeah. this may be the thing to get me back into it. God of War, the PS4 game, will be getting a new game plus mode. It will be available as a free patch update on August 20th. Unique to the new game plus mode is a brand new rarity level of equipment to craft and upgrade. 
You can also collect Scap Slag, a new resource to upgrade your gear. Plus, newly added ability to skip through cinematics will be added in both normal and new game plus modes once a full playthrough has been completed. So that way, the second time, you can skip through the cutscenes and just get to the play. Which is funny, because the whole game plays as one continuous cutscene. Right, so, yeah, I guess they're completely throwing that old thing Yeah. By letting people do that. Um, in case you don't know, New Game Plus is the gamey term of saying, hey, I finished this game, let me play it again, but with new features. And let me keep all my equipment. Yeah, by keeping everything, but doing new stuff. All right. Uh, moving on to... Um, the weirdest story of the week. This, uh, this is your weekly yeah. weird-ass games journalism story. Yeah, so yeah, I'm excited for God of War. We're coming back to it. Yeah. I am getting back into that uh, as soon as August 20th comes around. Yep. But now, remember when we, uh, we mentioned Dead Cells like yet two minutes ago? So yep, Dead Cells has been in the news not for uh, the game itself, but for review of it. IGN, the gaming news giant that has been around since like forever... Uh, has let go one of the reviews after he plagi- or reviewers after he plagiarized his review of Dead Cells from somebody on YouTube. Philip Miuchin has been let go after an internal investigation was determined that the similarities between his review and another were more than justifiable for his firing. So you're saying there's an opening for a reviewer? <laughs> yeah, no, not probably not the case. <laughs> but. Uh, but yes, this is um, this is a rare case where a website uh, became aware of something yes. and quickly did the right thing um, after being uh, 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 after the illegitimate source was proven. Right. Um, this is really cool because uh, everybody kind of expected just IGN to send their laurels about this kind of thing, as that's usually what happens uh, with major website 